are you today? Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Steve, and I volunteer as our Kids Zone Director here at Greenbelt. Uh, my wife, Jen, is our Fusion Youth Director. We've held just about every role possible uh, here uh, within the church over the past almost 17 years we've been here. And uh, But my, my most, uh, the, the role that I will just, you know, always be proud of is being on the pastoral search committee that got Pastor Kevin here. So that was what I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's my claim to fame, and I'm going to stand by that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Address your cards and letters, too. Um, so today we're about two-thirds of the way through our throwback series and going through Old Testament stories, and today we're going to be looking at the burning bush. It's a story about how God uh, spoke to, to Moses uh, through, through a burning, like a physical burning bush. Uh, even if you're not familiar with church, you've probably heard this story before. You've heard this expression about when someone's looking for a sign from God, you know, they, the whole the burning bush is, is referenced. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be del- delving into that. Um, we're really glad you're here. It's um, coming up on the end of summer. It's really hard to believe. Uh, for us, our kids are going back to school next week, and then for others, the, the week after that. Um, hard to believe the time's flown by. And we had a great summer as a family. And we were able to get out east to uh, visit some of my family. Um, and we got to visit with some friends as well, friends of ours who uh, were just there. And, it, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't pushy about it, but just, you know, saying, I really think it's worth checking this out. And why don't you go? And she went to an open house and he didn't go. And then it was like, maybe you should go afterwards. And I, I don't know. And, uh, and he finally went. And the house was on Burning Bush Way. And he's like... Maybe this is a sign that we need to, to do something. So just a quick story along with that is that they had these friends who, for their housewarming gift, uh, wanted to send them flowers. And they, uh, they called uh, the flower store and said, you know, would you deliver these flowers? And they're like, well, of course, that's, that's what we do. And they said, but when they get there and they open the door, could you set them on fire? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, sir, that is a hilarious idea. But we can't do that. <laughs> so they sent an edible arrangement instead, and it was, it was all good. So um, so anyway, as we were saying, today uh, we're going to be looking at the burning bush. This is from Exodus chapter 3. If, you wanna, uh, if you're the type who wants to read along with it, we'll be going there in a moment, reading the whole chapter. But in this throwback series, we've been looking at Old Testament stories and asking the question, can we trace the gospel? back into the Old Testament? Can we see shades of the gospel in these Old Testament stories? And I'm going to expand a little bit on why I think that's important that we look at it. But first, I want to explain what that means, especially if you're here today and you don't have a church background or you're watching online and these are really churchy or Christianese type terms. Um, The gospel is a very Christian phrase uh, that essentially means the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, so what is the good news of Jesus Christ? So at our core as Christians, we believe that peace between God and, and people is totally possible. Um, it is, it is, um, it's a simple message of um, we don't believe that we can earn it, and we can achieve it ourselves with what we do, uh, but it's something that God has done for us uh, through the work that Jesus did uh, on the cross. And there are more books and seminars and Bible college courses uh, you can possibly ever take in, so Again, just trying to boil it down to the most simple terms because I'm a simple person. Uh, you know, we all sin. Uh, because of that sin, we don't deserve to be close to God. We deserve actually to be far away from God forever. But God loves us so much uh, that he created a way to solve that, and that was Jesus. 
Um, you know, Jesus didn't sin. He chose to die in one of the most awful ways imaginable, which was to be nailed on a cross uh, for our sins, and he pay, paid that price for all of us. And through that, if we acknowledge it, it allows us to have that peace and that reconciliation with God, and we spend eternity with God in heaven. Now, some of you are like, yep, that's a great fairy tale, and I appreciate it, and that's great. You, I appreciate that you're here today, and you can you know, weigh what I'm saying. I'm not trying to convince you of anything just yet, um, you know, but, um, but that's at its core what we're talking about, so is that um, the gospel, one of the core elements of it is really freedom. It's freedom from sin, freedom from the weight and the power of sin, these things that we do in our lives that we shouldn't do that really stop us from living the life that God wants us to live. Um, and Jesus says later, literature or information or whatever, and we, we compartmentalize them. And we're like, we've got the angry God back here in the Old Testament and the new loving God over here, and I don't want to deal with things that are here. Um, but if we, it's a misunderstanding, I believe, of God's character. And once we start to park one side of the Bible, which our statement of faith as a church and as a denomination says that this is you know, core uh, to our understanding of who, who God is, who Jesus is, um, we start to then go down that road of picking and choosing, well, what are the parts we do like and what are the parts we don't like? And I'm not really comfortable with this, so I'm going to just put that over there, and I'm just going to dwell on this. And I'm going to try to, to make this, like, without even knowing it, we start to make Christianity into sort of this feel good, I, whatever's good for me type of thing. And I think that we, we lose something when we, we give up that struggle with things that are maybe difficult uh, in the Old Testament. It's not easy, uh, but I do believe that we need to look at the whole Bible. And uh, this series is a chance to look at the Old Testament and how it's still relevant for our lives today. So we're going to look at the story, and we're going to talk about this through the lens that we like to do here at Greenbelt, which is talking about helping people uh, to know, live, and share Jesus in their lives. So uh, we have a, a very simple mission here at the church is to help people uh, know, live, and share their faith in Jesus. And it's simply that what you know uh, affects how you live, and then how you live affects how you interact and, and deal with other people uh, in, your, in your path. And so we're going to, to read uh, this story um, just and, and then look at it and see what can we, what can we know about this. How is that going to affect how we, we live, if we believe what we're reading, and then how does that affect how we, we share uh, Jesus with other people? So, does that sound good? Yeah. Thank you, audience participation. Um, so, before we read, just a bit of context, um, because you may know some of these names of, of Moses, and you've heard of the burning bush before. So, Moses, you, if you, you grew up in church at all, and you've been you know, in Sunday school, you might have heard stories of, about Moses. I mean, so this is an individual who was, was born in the Jewish nation of Israel, um, and then uh, there was a decree that went out to kill all young boys of a certain age, and his parents... Uh, put him adrift in the he's the baby in the basket that went down the river was found by royalty raised as royalty in Egypt um, and was part of that family later on as you may have seen in the uh, what's it uh, DreamWorks film <laughs> Prince of Egypt um, totally accurate and biblical and the uh, he had a, a coat of many colors I think it was I get them confused no the uh, he was uh, he. Started on uh, to, to you know to understand the truth of his upbringing and who he was, and started to take it upon himself to try to want to free the Jewish people from the slavery that they were experiencing in Egypt, 
and in the you know in the in the throes of that of trying to to be a savior himself for for as many of the Jewish people as he could, uh, he he rose up in anger and killed a guard who was uh, who was abusing uh, one of the one of the uh, Jewish slaves. From there, he fled. He leaves. He eventually starts a life, uh, you know, he gets married and is tending sheep. And this is where we're picking up the story here. So he is working uh, with his father-in-law uh, and, uh, and is a, a shepherd. So that's the context of the story. Uh, and we're going to read this chapter. So, and I just realized this morning, my optometrist is here and I have to make another appointment soon because I am, this is, I need to use my phone now so I can, I, I was like trying to like stretch this out on the screen and it, <laughs> And it's no no such luck. I'm like, quick! I need a Bible. And then I got a Bible. I'm like, no, no! I need a I need a I need an iPad, a large large iPad. Um, I, I do this from time to time. If you if you are able and willing uh, today, and you don't have to, uh, would you mind standing with me, just out of respect for God's word as we read? And you don't need to, but if you'd like to, uh, I would encourage you to to join me. And I'm just going to read through this. Okay, this is Exodus chapter three: Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why this bush does not burn up. First of all, that is a biblical way of putting that. My words would have been much more colorful as to what's going on with that bush. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, that's hard to say, the Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent you me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt and into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, 
The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels them. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Okay. Sometimes we just, when we stand, we we hear things a little bit differently. Um, So let's unpack that now and talk about how it helps us with knowing, living, and sharing sharing Jesus. Let's start, start with knowing. I mean, first of all, is that God brings freedom. This is what we can know through this. That God brings freedom where there is none. God inserts himself into situations and brings freedom uh, where there is none. So just to head right is that God sees the suffering uh, and, and takes action. It's reflected uh, in the Old Testament. In Exodus uh, chapter 3, 16 and 17, you may have heard it. It says, Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land flowing with milk and honey. Some points from that is that God cares about people. It's fundamental, and sometimes we can overlook it, but there he has watched. He has seen what's going on, and God cares about the oppressed specifically. This is a nation of people who are in slavery, are going through horrible conditions, and he is responding to this. He is foreshadowing the plan of salvation that Jesus will make complete uh, later on. His grace, his mercy, they're in full display. Just like the work of Jesus that's going to come later on, Uh, There's nothing that they have done to earn it. There's nothing they can do to merit it. Uh, It is this unmerited favor or grace, which is another Christian term that we use. Um, This truly is good news. And it's good news when we see this here and good news when we repeat it again in its fullness in Jesus. So that's what we can know is that, yes, the gospel is visible in these Old Testament stories and that God brings freedom where there is none. So if we believe that and we know that, then how does that affect how we live? Now, I think there's all sorts of aspects or all sorts of to do some godly plan in your life. You know, it just sounds fantastic. It sounds like that's something for these heroes that we read about in the Bible, the, the, the giants of the faith. Uh, but that's not like keep in mind who God is speaking to here. Uh, this is Moses. I mean, this is Moses who grew up abandoned, first of all who grew up with violence surrounding him that actually put his life at risk. And we know now through modern history what you know, children who grow up you know, in violent surroundings, the, the challenges that, that they have um, and what's going on. And let's not forget why he is where he is. You know, he ran away. He killed someone and ran away from the law. I mean, he is a murderer. Um, and we can argue whether or not you feel that's justified, but he still... You know, has taken someone's life. And normally, when we're talking to people about, you know, do you, do you believe you're a sinner? That usually, what's the answer? No. And why not? Because I haven't killed anybody. 
You know, like that's that's the, oh, that's the bar. All right, <laughs> kudos. <laughs> All right. So, um, but he had like he couldn't even. You know, if you were having that discussion with Moses, Moses, are you a sinner? He he couldn't really say, well, you know, I haven't killed anybody. Um, you know. So the only job that he can get is in the family business, uh, working with his father-in-law. Like I know what my answer would be to that, um, but God's ways are not our ways, uh, thankfully. And so he's working on another level. So don't for a second rule yourself out uh, that God can't use you wherever you are. A few points that go along with this, just to kind of draw them right out from the text and see what we can take from it, is that God speaks to us or speaks to people in the mundane of our day-to-day life. Now, some of you are blessed and fortunate to have jobs that you just can't wait to get up and go to every morning. Not everyone shares that blessing. Some of you are in school programs, so you're like, this is what I was made to do. Some of you are not in those programs. You know, some of you love your kids. Anyway, we'll just just (laughs) drop, drop it at that. Um, You know, but Moses was at work, like Moses was at his day job. Uh, It wasn't particularly exciting work. Um, And as I said, he was working for his father-in-law. He wasn't the CEO of this family business. He is someone who is, he's there because he's there. Um, And that's, that's what he's doing. God speaks to us in unexpected places. It says that he went to kind of the far side of the wilderness. He went, you know, far away uh, he was off at the far side of, 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 their, of their area. You can never be too far away from God for him to speak to you. God speaks to us personally. God calls Moses by name, just like he calls you by your name. Um, you know, it wasn't just this general, you know, Moses happened to be, you know, like walking by and it was like, oh, a burning bush calling out like, oh, who's there? Who's there? You know, it was a specific call uh, to Moses. And I think that's just an important thing as we look at how, you know, Jesus' plan later on is that God calls us by name. Big one for me. Doubt is a natural part of this process. It doesn't seem to catch God off guard. And sometimes I think we feel like, oh, we have to be just, boom, again, like this giant of faith. And here we go. You know, everything we do is just, Moses questions God. And when you think about that, I mean, it's one thing for us. We're sitting here and like, you know, what should I be doing? And I'm praying into this and I don't know. I mean, this is like he's having a conversation with God. And God is saying, I want you to go do this. I would be tempted to say, okay, you know, even if I don't get it, because it would just, it might feel. But Moses says, well, what if this happens? And then God puts him at ease. And then Moses says, and what if that happens? And God puts him at ease again. It doesn't catch God off guard. It doesn't offend him. It, there are other instances in the Bible where it does seem to offend God a little bit, so I don't, I don't want to make that a blanket rule. But, but it, it is, it's a part of our process when we're listening to God that doubt can come into that. You know, remember that during his ministry on earth, Jesus, you know, to go ahead to the ministry of Jesus, he encourages us to have faith the size of a mustard seed. And I heard Pastor Kevin preach about this once and kind of show what a mustard seed looks like. You can't see the mustard seed if I were to hold it up here you know, for you. It is so small. And that's the standard that Jesus calls us to do and to have that faith in our lives is that we are to have just, just enough faith to just kind of take that, that step, that next step and go. 
You know, we lie to ourselves when we pretend that the, the giants of the faith were actually giants of the faith. And there are some stories in the Bible, sure, of people who speak boldly and with power and, you know, 2,000 people, you know, give their life to Jesus in one day or whatever. But for the most part, if you were to, to do some sort of, you know, weighing them out, uh, there's way more people who, who, who mess up, way more people who, who doubt, second guess, or try it their own way, even though God has specifically said, do it this way. And they're like, that's a good suggestion, you know, but I want to try it this way. All right, so let's move into the, the kind of the final part, which is was sharing, our, uh, sharing our faith and sharing our faith in Jesus. So with all those things, if God has a plan for our lives and God is calling us uh, to take action, this is it. God does call us to action. He calls us to action, and it's action that brings uh, him glory and serves others. And, you know, I, I'm not a theologian, so I can't, you know, I haven't had a chance to reference everything, but as much as I could find in the preparation for this message and in you know, everything I could, could muster up, when God calls us to action, it's very, it, it is almost always hand in glove something that's going to help other people and bring glory to him. There are two parts to the same thing. So what we know affects how we live, and then how we live affects how we share Jesus with others. And so he calls us to action. He calls us uh, to take action in a way that brings him glory and serves other people. Verses 9 to 10 of the chapter we read said, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So that's the first part, is that we're, we're bringing the Israelites out into freedom. And then you move ahead to verse 12. It says, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So it's that others that it wasn't you that did this in your own strength. This is something that God has done through you. And through that, people will turn their attention not to you, but to God. And that is what he wants us to do. Um, as, as Christians, as people in the church, we are to serve others and to draw attention you know, through that action just naturally to God. Uh, Pastor Kevin has a rule that he gives his kids $5 if he speaks about them without giving permission. Um, I'm not going to speak about my kids, so that's fine. Um, but um, Cammy, I have $5 for you if you, if you want it. Um, yeah, Cammy Gill, you know, is, is this wonderful godly woman. And if I'd asked her for permission to stare this, she never would have let me. So I just went ahead and did it and I'll ask for forgiveness later. And, and through, through a difficult time and a difficult season of loss, she has developed a ministry in a, in the hospital of just serving each, serving people, just loving them, like just being there for them. And that's turned into times to pray and to share her faith. But she is just consistently there. And that has led to her, you know, being recognized for awards and for, you know, personal commendations for what she's done. But that was just something where God spoke to her. And I'm so proud of you when you did it because I knew it was like out of your comfort zone. And then, but it has such an impact on so many other people. And it's just a tremendous example that we can follow uh, the women who are on the Fight for Freedom team that are going into the darkest places, strip clubs, for, for women who make their living being objectified 
and you know seeing the worst the world has to offer just to be there and to say you know you are loved it's amazing you know and this has that impact the fusion small groups uh, I, get, I play a role at Fusion because my wife is the ministry leader, and uh, I'm there. And uh, <laughs> not my calling, but hey, <laughs> i got tons of free time. Um, and, uh, and so my job is to make sure the snacks are out before the kids turn into vicious, like, you know, velociraptor-type things and, you know, rise up against us and take over the church and, and not a good way. And, um, and when you watch these small group leaders invest in these you know these teens week after week after week and building relationships and sometimes the discussion you know i mean it's it's not you know every time like so so tell me what jesus is doing right you know it it's how are you doing and what's going on and, and celebrating the victories and and you know comforting them during difficult times and so that when something does come up there's a relationship that is real it's authentic and they're there, and they're available, and they have an adult other than a parent who can just be a sounding board and, and listen to them in a, in a safe environment. And it's great to see. You know? And that is what, what we're called to do as a church. And that's how we as a church can have a, the greatest impact on the world around us. We are looking to have an impact at Greenbelt on thousands and thousands of people across our region. I believe that happens most effectively and most efficiently when we do this last part, when we listen to God's calling um, to bring him glory and to serve others and to skip back to the whole point of the gospel message. Like, is this not what Jesus did? Like him coming and dying on the cross. Nope, back. Sorry, as the, uh, you know, he, nope, sorry, forward. I told you the wrong direction there. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to hear, I'm going to get grief for that later when I try this. But Jesus, you know, served others in the biggest way possible uh, and brought glory to God every step of the way. And so is there any wonder why then when we do that, when we, you know, make any effort, however small, to try to, I hope you're finding the series helpful. Uh, you know, we've got two more weeks uh, to go, and um, you know, I think it's helpful knowing that we serve a God whose character has in, involved from start to finish of the Holy Scriptures. Um, you know, a character of of love and mercy uh, has been there all the way through the Bible. Um, and I hope that that would encourage us to kind of give up that temptation of of trying to pick and choose uh, what parts of the Bible we like and what part we don't like, and we can just sort of live in that tension, and we wrestle with the truth, uh, even if it makes us uncomfortable. You know, wouldn't we all love to have, you know, burning bush uh, moments in our lives, you know, where we hear so clear? clear. Um, I do think that that is one of those, be careful what you wish for uh, type, of thing, type of things, because I don't know. Like I said, when, <laughs> when I read that, you know, the scripture, and it was like, Moses was intrigued by the burning bush. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> you bet. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know what kind of shape I would be in if God, you know, uh, appeared in some sort of, you know, visible, audible way. I have had, I think, in my life, three, maybe two experiences where I felt I heard God in such a strong way that it was almost like a, an audible voice. And that was enough to just, you know, um, kind of snap me to attention. Um, I don't know if I would do well with the burning bush. But anyway, all that to say, when, where God speaks clearly 
and tells us uh, what to do. Um, if you're in that situation now, I mean, this is a chance for you to do it, right? So if you're here today and you've been wrestling with this and you've been coming to church and you're kind of, you know, on the fence and you've been, but you've been feeling like, I, I know where this is going. I know that Jesus is real now. I, you know, this, you know, it's time for me to make a decision. You know, we have, you know, you can talk to me, you can talk to Pastor Kevin. There'll be people uh, in the prayer room afterwards who are very gifted and just praying through that uh, with you. And this is your chance today to say, you know, I'm having my burning bush moment. I know it's time to put my faith uh, in Jesus. For others of you, you may be called to serve in a a ministry, a specific ministry, and you've been sort of holding back from that. Um, And it's time. It's time for you as we get ready to get into another fall here at the church uh, to dive in so that you can be serving others and, and giving glory to God in whatever way that is, um, however small. And it really does make a huge difference. Uh, I know everyone's time is different. Your schedule is different. Your abilities are different. Um, don't feel like you've got to take on you know, so much to a point where you're, you're, you know, you're creating weight on yourself. But if there's any small way that can match up, and we're going to talk more about that in the fall launch. I'm not going to get into that. But just to say, if you have been hearing from God on that, then, then go for it. It's time, you know, time to do that, you know, because when each of us follows what God has in store for us, um, you know, we bring him glory um, and we, we serve others. And that brings him more glory. And I believe that that's how we could have an impact on thousands and thousands of people here through the, the collective ministries at Greenbelt across our city and really, really the world, which is our vision here at Greenbelt. And we love being a part of Greenbelt. Uh, we love being a part of what God is doing here. And uh, I'm just going to take a moment now to close in prayer and pray for us uh, as we, uh, we get ready to, to worship. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Uh, I thank you that you do speak to us, and maybe not always through uh, a burning bush, um, but that we can never be too far away from you, um, that you, you know we have doubts, you know uh, that our faith can be tested, and you love us still. We know that there's nothing that we can do uh, to chase you away and that you use everyone. You want to use everyone. So I pray for those today who have been hearing your voice in their lives and have just been, just been hesitating just a bit. I pray that today would be a, a game changer, be it a decision to follow you for the first time, a decision to renew their faith, a decision to, to jump into to serve in a ministry. Whatever that is, I just pray uh, that you would encourage those people today. Thank you for Greenbelt. Thank you for the ministries here. Thank you for Pastor Kevin and Danielle. And just uh, I pray uh, for the upcoming fall season as we get ready to you know, dive back in. I say you would guide our steps every step of the way. Uh, it's not what we do in our own strength, but that you would guide us as a church family. I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.